0: To the, to the extent that any one listener who tells you that we are reactionary and or um, kind of uh, sort of vitriolic or, or uh, mercurial in our decision making, this was a complete refutation of that. <laughs>
1: To the Stand Firm podcast. I'm Nick Landon of Grace Anglican Church in Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm here with Matt Kennedy of the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd in Binghamton, New York, and JD Coke of St. Luke's Anglican Church in Hilton Head, South Carolina. We're in the same room tonight in Kigali, Rwanda, at the Fourth GAFCON Conference. This is our end of the day update for Day Two of the conference, Tuesday, April seventeenth, and we're happy to be joined in this hotel room by the Reverend Justin Hare of St. Phillips Anglican Church in Charleston, South Carolina. So, guys, thoughts about the end of day one and the program so far on day two? How do you guys think it's going? Well,
2: I thought it was, it's been okay. I've been to I've been to every GAFCON except for the one in Nairobi, and uh, the two the, the most monumental one is, was the first. The the two in between that were you know, there not really much to to react to. But given what happened in England with uh, the the prayers for same-sex blessings being uh, approved by the bishops there and the Archbishop of Canterbury. This had the potential to be pretty monumental, and it seems to me that 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 the, the structure of the the structure of the meeting so far is leading yes. up to something like that. Like the, the history, today, we sat through two, three, three, three talks. Walking us through the history. Yeah, product.
0: it was like a, it was like a like a court proceeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And the first the first witness yeah. right. will come up right. and give a defense. So jury, ladies and gentlemen, the jury. Well, at but, the
1: end of last night, both Foley Beach and Ben Quashi gave good and broad talks about Anglicanism and what Kafka needed to be. But we weren't sure last night it didn't feel like what what we were being set up to move towards whereas that was a little bit clearer this morning
2: there was one thing that he said last night that uh, Archbishop at beach said last night that i thought was pretty telling and that was he made the uh, he made the point in his, his he had four points in his talk the first one was on repentance and he in that in the application of that point he talked about the church of england and the Archbishop of Canterbury, and how unjust it is that every other Anglican province is essentially held under the authority of of a, of a, a bishop or an Archbishop appointed by the English state. State, right, right. <laughs> yeah. why, why? How? It, 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 it's a, a secularized, very, very liberal state. Um, why should the rest of the communion be under under that? So that was. Interesting that he said that. Yeah. I, you know, you, he's the he is the the prime. What do you call it, president of the, the chairman of Gaths. the chairman of the oh, right. right? So, so I I don't think he would have said that. Did he? Were he not thinking that the, most right. of the primates were on that side of things? So uh, that was interesting. And I think that again, what we saw today, or what we listened to today, is consistent with what. He said, and so I, I just think we are leading up to a climax, in which we make some kind of decision. Hope so.
1: I felt yeah. like a lot of the language was no longer like "let's
0: see" language, but we've seen enough language. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, this is this is one of the reasons I even got to this GAFCON is because I watched the last Lambeth Conference, and the um, and after that, I said, well, if there's anyone that's going to like have something profound or monumental happen it's got to be this one it has to be you know what else what else could they do um we can talk about a little bit because the um the the three people that spoke this morning or the four people excuse me laid out um sort of the the case the historical case the the um the textual case and then the kind of cultural case which was really quite fascinating to Mm -hmm. our listener if you i'm sure the the live stream will will be able accessible, so it's it's worth listening to if you are new to Anglicanism or if you are sort of wondering what's so important about all this. But I was struck with a little bit of nostalgia because I was brought into Anglicanism in 1999, um, right after '98 was still so fresh on the minds of everyone, and was convinced and um, and was was well was. Told that this was the church that I was joining. Um, now, you know, short five years later, when Gene Robinson was elected in 2023, it obviously had become something quite different, at least in the Episcopal 2003. Church. 2003. 2003, excuse me, Um, but I was, uh, you know, had 90, Lambeth 98 not taken place, then I know as a um, impressionable uh, senior in college looking for a church that was a safe haven, I would never have considered what the Episcopal Church had become, although by the time we got there in 2003, I'd already been too invested and decided to join the the resistance, uh, you know, to the extent that it existed. But at any rate, I thought the history of it, I had a little bit of a nostalgic moment cause I've lived, well, I know you have too. Like we've all, we've all been adults. Well, I don't want to speak for you, Justin, but uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we have, we've all been, been living through this as, as adults. And a lot of the, um, conferences, a lot of the statements, a lot of the, um, sort of intrigue that was recounted today. We were right there with all of yeah. that. you know, reading the, the, um, the blogs, watching the TVs. I mean, of course, Matt, you were right there, writing the it. blogs. That's right, <laughs> but but it was quite uh, you know illuminating and, and encouraging to see that the to, the to the extent that anyone listener who tells you that we are reactionary and or um, kind of uh, sort of vitriolic or or uh, mercurial in our decision making, this was a complete refutation of that because it was a recounting of a long. Laborious walk with people with whom we have sincere and deep disagreements, and yet um, the 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 decision to finally break was taken at great uh, cost. You know, it reminded me of you know Bonhoeffer's sort of wrestling with his um, his uh, you know participation in the assassination attempt of Adolf Hitler. Like it, it was a laborious um, you know deep wrestling with with what the ampli- uh, ramifications of this might actually be. And I think that these men, in particular, these bishops and archbishops, who have counted this cost, really recounted that in a in a beautiful way. That this is this is a decision that has not come lightly or with any joy. But there was seem to be a resolute um, conviction that 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 something has got to change. Let me
2: see that. I will say that if if something doesn't change, like if if, if they've done all of this work and they brought us here. And they went through the histories, and we, and and then if we, if we churn out, we'll be green. Anglican fudge. Very green. I mean, this will be the fudge to end end all all fudges. This would be like the. That's
1: right. Are we gonna have to bleep that? The fudge to end all fudges. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was really you know to just put a point on what JD was saying about the the long-suffering nature of this when um, Keith Sinclair was up there sort of uh, walking us through the history from Lambeth 98 Can to the Can you remember present. who Keith Sinclair is? Keith Sinclair is the national director of the Church of England Evangelical Council, and he's a trustee of EFAC, the Evangelical Fellowship of the Anglican Communities. He's English, and as he recounted his—I think he didn't speak very— Personally, but I had the distinct impression yeah. that he was speaking from his own heart and from his own experience. And almost in tears, he invoked Jeremiah mm-hmm. as somebody who, you know, again and again is calling the nation to repentance and just is ignored and turned away. And he he, w- with heartfelt, like I said, almost weeping, is finally ready to say goodbye. To the yes. church that he loves so much.
0: Well, and it was really telling that he. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot what's going on in the on the ground in the Church of England, uh, but somebody who does know um, stood up after he spoke and said, "Just so you know, this man was one of the only." Um, dissenting voices against the, the, the only. yes, and I, I was, and then he he was weeping, yeah. and we were all gave a standing ovation, which was really touching. And I was reminded, you know, for our listener, there's something called the St. Andrew's Day Statement that the CEEC put out in back in 1995. CEEC? C E, the Council of Evangelical um, Church of e- England Evangelical Church of England Council. Evangelical Council, right? Uh, the St. Andrew's Day Statement in 1995 remains to this day, in my opinion. Um, the one of the clearest, uh, most concise, and articulate statements on the issues regarding the um, authority of scripture and human sexuality that I've ever read. And so, it is. If you want something, it's five pages. You can Google it. Uh, St. Andrew's Day Statement, C-E-E-C, and it's still up on the website as of now, before they scrub it. But it's one, and really sort of interesting, um, heavy-hitting theologians like Michael Banner, Ro- Oliver O'Donovan, like people that are, um, you know, sort of uh, have, have thought through these things deeply. Uh, but, but it was very touching. I thought it was, it, honestly, initially, I didn't know why he was the, the, you know, clean-up hitter. I didn't know why he came in at the end, and then it made perfect sense by... By the end, that okay, this is a guy who is um is we're watching real time. Someone that is at least finally admitting that perhaps this is this is the final straw, which was very touching for those of us, particularly who've yeah. who've reached that conclusion yeah. um, in our own context. You know, earlier, if not with you know with with less um, sacrifice, perhaps. But yeah, anyway.
2: yeah. well, it is you, you it watching people from England and. Uh, well, people from England going through who saying what talk them to, the I talked to I talked to we we'll call them the English. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. No, but I also spoke to an Australian today who's going through the same oh, yeah. the same stuff. So, people from Australia. Uh, yeah, people from Australia. <laughs> <in the college. laughs> so now I totally lost my train of thought. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, You're saying that they No, but it does bring back you know memories of, of yeah, yeah, like he, PTSD. He's having conversations yeah. with people who you know, love the Episcopal Church so much because there, there was a lot to love. I mean, there was a lot to love. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful church for many, many uh, years, and it was it, so hard to leave for those of us who were born it. I, I, I wasn't a, I was a convert to Christianity, but I wasn't a convert to Episcopalianism. I was raised right. in that thing, and.
0: Um, Well, I was blessed. I was fortunate. My mom was Episcopalian, and then she uh, became Christian in college, and then so shielded Mm -hmm. us from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember as very young, as a young seminarian, Nick, you probably remember this, and Ash Wednesday, Fitz Allison came and spoke, and he, like, broke down into tears saying, I have served an idol my entire life. Um, And he— Told us students that he needed to repent for loving the church too right. much. So I was like, "Well, that was very helpful for yeah. me in my my decision making <laughs> long term." Mm-hmm. Like, well, if it's if it's if, if that's how Fitz is going, then I'm you know who am I? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what. But but it was very touching. And so the the whole thing today was seemed to be the precursor for at the very least um, a a reset or at least a a the direction changed. Well, we've, we've um,
1: promised our listener a shortened podcast. Uh, we should right. mention, though, what happened this afternoon. We can't say too much about the details about the right. GAFCON 23 statement that will come out of this conference. But we did see a list of ideas that are, um, I think, going to be included. Um, they were not that controversial, I think, Pretty much everybody in the room would have checked off all the ideas, and I think that would it be fair to say to you all that we were encouraged? I, I was.
2: I mean, I guess the question will be, I'm not so sure that everyone who is here from England would be the people of England. I'm not sure all the, <laughs> the people, English people. I'm not sure if all, all the English people uh, will will be as happy about it because I know, I know there's.
0: Well, were, we talked to an
2: Englishman who we was not did. entirely happy about it. Yes. That's right. Those who are choosing to stay within the C of E and who are able to do so in good conscience and who are able to uphold orthodoxy in their own jurisdiction or wherever they are, um, they may not be pleased with the with the way the statement words things. So, But apart from those people, I don't think that too many people would be... No. Absolutely. and
1: it said. did want to affirm the ability for people to stay in structures that they were not yes, in agreement it with did. It
0: did. in order to sorry. right but I, right. I, I do think if, so if I'm going to have a concern about the situation going forward it's this well let I me mean, flip side I was also encouraged and I think that I think that barring, well, we'll all be shocked and disappointed if something fairly substantial doesn't Yeah, thanks for that. So it does seem does seem like we're leading yeah, up to Please that. say, oh, not, "Oh, this is
2: terrible." we right. did this, but we're oh our hands. Well, Oh, we're grieving. We're so
0: grievously and we're grieving. are grieving I don't right. believe
1: the word <laughs> "grieve" or "grieving" appeared in any of its forms in what we read today. That's okay. right, because <laughs> I
0: was expecting there to be like a <laughs> drinking game <besides> associated <laughs> <that>. with how often <laughs> "grieving" would be used. You it you like thank my wife for
1: that. Yeah. And we should say that as we are recording this, Anne is at work. She's on the writing committee. And she'll be at least one-tenth responsible for
0: the Cathcon twenty three So that being said, I was encouraged by that. I do think, and this is something we're going to keep hammering on, and we've talked about it in almost every show, is that there is a reticence to be perceived as, quote-unquote, mean yeah. or, quote-unquote, unloving, which has to be rooted out um, and 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 killed, <laughs> as, as we as we uncovered and exposed and 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 addressed head yeah. on because the and and well some of the discussion that we've had has has pointed to that that the height of unloving is to lie to someone yeah that's it the is, height of
1: it it is loving for the oncologist to name your that's cancer right. and to cut it
0: out that's of that's right you. and so I don't understand how anyone who particularly anyone who's a parent. Has any problem with this concept that perhaps sometimes you say things to people that they don't want to hear, that they think is unloving, that is in fact the height of love? Like, don't run with those scissors. Like, don't get that tattoo. Like, don't get (laughs) whatever. You know, like it's going to be hard with it right over your eyebrows. Like, I promise. Like, trust me. But but I think uh, I do think. What is the impulse there? I mean, other than just well, I think
2: I I I think that love, and Anne mentioned this in the panel discussion yeah. today, right? but, but love in our culture has come to mean so many different things. Well, it means and, the exact and, and, opposite. And, and, and like, thing. love
0: means affirmation. Or, so when we tell people that self-sacrifice yeah. is love, then it actually is. They yeah. say, that's hate. Right. Like, you mean I can't do whatever I want to do? Like, you must not love me. Right. That, there, there's that. And I do think there is some interesting, which you can go about later, overlap between, like, the divorce culture, the fatherlessness, like, the, the overreach of the state, like, the fact that all, everyone's getting raised by a childless... Um, you know, teachers and things. I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting things there, but um, I not mean, have to talk right. I mean, about it now. I, but I also think, okay, so there, there are people
2: who confuse love with affirmation, and, and that's it. That's a huge thing. That that's what that's what I think is the that's what you usually pulls someone from orthodoxy to heterodoxy. But there's also a, 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 a confusion of love with a kind of niceness, where you, you just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You don't want to say anything that you you know they're wrong. You don't you know that this person shouldn't be in their same sex relationship. You know this person shouldn't be identifying as a female when he's a male. Um, but you in your mind love is not Toddling. Yes, not Well saying and that this he's is where and this person, was right? a little
0: bit concerning about some of the discussion and some of the speakers yeah, right, about um, about the idea that we needed to be quote unquote more that we need people to know what we were for more than what we're against. Which is which is, a, which is which is which sounds Cool right. but that is a like you should reach for your holsters, as our old uh, um, <laughs> theologian uh, professor said, because what they what they 're actually saying in there is that you shouldn 't talk about the things that are making people upset right. um, because what what is you know what what is actually happening is that when we're and we've talked about this before, you can whisper sweet and kind the law of God and it will provoke wrath when it accuses sin which right. is what it will do right. and so we, we can't control that and so we can be what we, it's, if only we had a book that would describe what would happen and how we should
1: do this <laughs> <Right? laughs> like in yeah, gentleness talking. and humility
0: <laughs> defend be ready be prepared with a ready defense for the hope that you have within you As, um, yeah. so it's like well gently and humbly with hands open and you say well you know I know you don't want to hear this but this is what love looks like it's that the, there are sins that have been atoned for, which we were complicit in, as are you, but we're having this conversation about your particular one, you know, sister, daughter, friend, son, and that's going to be a tough conversation. And so if you think you can have that and somehow not be called or considered unloving, at least initially, well then, you know, I don't know how you were ever, you were ever disciplined or how were you ever cha- you know, brought into right Um, thinking a right action, except for somebody who actually loved you came aside beside you and said, listen, this isn't a hard, I don't want to have this conversation either, but like, how are things going? Because it looks like they're not going well, and these are the ways that I think you might reconsider. And you you know what happens? When the person actually experiences that, that's what not only only, um, the experience of real love happens, but that's what conversion is. Like that's what. That's what. That's what. It, when when it's the law of God brought to bear, and you say, "Yes, you're right," accusation. I am an idolater. I am a sinner. I am a covetous person. I am a thief. That's conversion. When you realize, in the face of God and through His Son, you can say, "Yes, that's true, but I have a Savior who has who has redeemed me from that." Well, that's conversion. That's what Melanchthon meant when he said, that "To know Christ is to know Him and know His benefits." Like we can know it theoretically that we're forgiven. But if we actually know we're forgiven, then we're Christians, right? I mean, well, and you can't know that unless you've been preached the law. Well, when, well. Okay.
2: So, so, when you say something very clear, either from the pulpit or, in the oh, past, Twitter, right? or on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, on the <laughs> internet, some people do yeah. strong things but, on the internet, and then and then you, know, you get you get back the, the pushback. Well, what if, you know, they'll know we're Christians by our love, um, or as Jesus said it, uh, they'll reckon, my disciples will be known by the love for one another. But he he he. Jesus said that, in the same. Last Supper uh, narrative in John's Gospel, that he also said, well, when when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to
0: convict yeah. the world of sin. Unrighteousness. Yeah. And judgment. It, right. right. Sorry, sorry. Sin because of unbelief, unrighteousness because they didn't believe in me, and judgment because the ruler of this world has not yet been judged. Exactly. And that's the,
2: yeah. See, so when Jesus says... You know, and the even world and world it's in, it's very helpful in our Bibles, love, our
0: very Bibles, it says what the Holy Spirit will do. <laughs> <laughs> like, so sort we're of like, I wonder if I could just go to a place where it's in. What does the Holy Spirit do? Right, right, you're
2: exactly right, though. Yeah, so I, 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 I the, the whole notion of, uh, and this goes back to an already discussion we've had so many times in this podcast, and it goes back to James Wood's a great discussion of um you know negative world versus neutral world but i i felt like today in some of the comments that were came from the floor yes um and even a little bit of the last part of Archbishop Beach's speech although i loved his speech but the last part was just a little bit of i think he was throwing a bone a
0: little bit to people maybe uh, maybe he I mean, made because that. he knows that yeah. people out there are concerned because it is tough to be yeah. known as the church yeah. from a secular perspective that is Against, against gay, gay people, gay people right, right. against you know, against pre love and and you know all the things. Yeah,
2: but it did seem like there was some really clinging to neutral world on the part of yeah, people sure. today. We've got we, we live in. We've got to make sure that we
0: say what we say in such a winsome way. Well, see, these people, people. in my what needs to happen is these people need to go be evangelists or missionaries to like decidedly non-Christian cultures, particularly Western sort of for lack of a better word sophisticated cultures campuses cities they need to go and try to be like hip you know astute erudite sophisticated all the things you know come in with all of our um knowledge of art and you know we read Mm -hmm. the new york times and watch the criterion collection and all the things and just do all that and then try to then hold to something like a traditional Biblical view of human sexuality, and just see what happens. People will come, come to your di- di- people will come to your dinner party. They will not For come sure. to your church. No, they. I mean, we. I mean, we've lived this. We've yeah. lived this. I mean, like we. Nick and I talked about this when I was at. We were in the Episcopal Church. They gave us a. We had what well, we had a budget, evangelism budget that was basically, um, was a, was wonderful, and we had these parties, and we had all the things. You know, we've been in Europe and done all the stuff, and had all the um, trappings, and then like the moment you mention. Um, the real Jesus. actual truth yeah. that is that is really love to, to communicate yeah. it was you know like the the well there was a thing called a record player listener, <laughs> uh, had a, had, uh, our listeners so hip that's, that's probably right. only listed as but at <laughs> any rate but that's where I wish we could just well we're just going to keep harping on this um, or lovingly reiterate because um, you know if people when people have an experience with with the um, sort of the, the teeth of unbelief which will be bared the fangs, which will be bared if, even in the most polite situations when the law exposes wrath um, they won't they won't criticize bible believing orthodox Christian churches as as full throatedly as they might do, mm. you know because the idea you know when people talk about oh, if only we, if only the church, if only it's like, well, you know the church is not perfect, but it's doing a pretty good job holding Firm the line, which is a pretty difficult line to hold in this culture, in a way that perhaps our grandparents would never have imagined it would have been. And yet, and so, with all of its faults and flaws, um, I'm I'm proud and grateful to be in this safe harbor. And I think that was what has come across overall, is that you know, with all of the various challenges that were interestingly represented and sort of articulated by by people from all over the world, there still was a real sense of solidarity and camaraderie um and hope for for what the lord is doing um and and through this movement this anglican gafcon movement and it was basically just Day one and two. We still, mm-hmm. have, still have a few more days to go. That's right. We could be incredibly crushed into more life. So <laughs> check back, check back in. We're putting this behind a paywall tomorrow. That's right. So. <laughs> right. Well, Justin, thank you so much
1: for your input. It was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to Stand Firm. Do check back in with us every day this week. As always, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can be in touch with us. You can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Send us an email at mailbag at or join the Anglicans for the Gospel Facebook group. Thanks to J.D. Koch and Matt Kennedy and Justin Hare. I'm Nick Lannan, and Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, by the grace of God and Jesus Christ, we'll be standing firm.